apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy our brother to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then it goes on to speak about the supremacy of the Son of God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Nathan. Good morning. Today I want to talk about Biblical joy and, and peace. We might pray and then get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your word that we can come here together as church to be encouraged, to be uplifted, to be challenged, to be rebuked. Um, help us, O oh Lord, to open our minds to uh, you as you speak through the Bible. Help me to preach well. In Jesus' name, amen. 
As a third century man was anticipating death, he penned these last words to a friend. It's a bad world, an incredibly bad world. But I've discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found joy, a joy, which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are the Christians, and I am one of them. The only true joy that a human being can have is in being united in peace with their creator through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Knowing this peace that we have with God produces joy, as the title of this sermon puts forth. Now, there's lots of things in this world that can bring us happiness. The birth of a child, catching up with a long-lost friend, getting married to the love of your life, buying a new house, listening to heavy metal. But the happiness is not always lasting. Cute little babies turn into teenagers. Friends let you down. The honeymoon period of marriage comes to an end. And paying a mortgage can be a burden. We can even find joy in sin. But as we know... The joy that sin brings is brief at best and is quickly followed by guilt, shame, hard-heartedness, blame and the impending fear of being found out. True, lasting joy can only be found in the gospel of peace. In order for us to know this peace and experience the joy of salvation, we need to remember the bad news of where we have come from. Joy is inextricably, inextricably linked with peace. Where there is no joy, there is no peace. A week ago, I had one of those weeks. I was letting people down, people were letting me down. There was no peace and most certainly no joy in the situation. But once the issues were sorted, once peace was restored, once there was confession and repentance... And forgiveness, there follows that great sense of relief and joy because previously strained relationships were restored. And this is even more of an issue where there is no peace with God. Outside of Christ, there is no forgiveness. I ask my students as a Bible teacher, I ask them, how do we receive forgiveness from God? And the common perception is that we just ask for it and he forgives us. I ask, how are we saved? And a common response is that we we must ask Jesus into our heart. Now, while these responses are not completely wrong, they are completely inadequate. Outside of a connection with Jesus Christ by faith in his death and resurrection, there is only wrath and judgment. Forgiveness and salvation are only found in the cross of Christ. In In our text, verses 13 to 14, if we read them in the negative, they mean that outside of Christ we are in the dominion of darkness, in desperate need of redemption from our sins. If you look down at verses 21 to 22, Paul shows us that we were alienated from God. We were enemies in our minds because of our evil behaviour. 
and that we were blemished and that we stood accused. Have you felt the burden of sin? Do you see the burden of sin in this world? We live in a world that is ravaged by warfare, injustice, greed, materialism, violence of all kinds, religious confusion and idolatry, poverty and a history littered with vile leaders who only promote suffering. We live in a world that has corporately rejected its creator and we each individually sin and bear the burden of that sin. We need someone to forgive us. We need someone to save us. We need someone to lift the burden of sin and death and hell. Let's now look at the one who came to lift that burden. In contrast to sinful humanity just mentioned, stands Jesus Christ. When you read through the Gospels and look and listen to what Jesus says and does... We need to remember that this is the creator of the world who has entered into his own creation. As we listen to his teaching, watch his compassionate healing, marvel at his supernatural power over creation, as we stand in awe of his authority over evil and death, and look at who Jesus really is, we realise that Jesus is God. Have a look at verses 15 to 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Wow. Jesus is God in the flesh. And today is Palm Sunday where we might remember Jesus' victorious entry into Jerusalem. We remember that the God of all the universe comes as a man riding humbly on the foal of a donkey on his way to victory. But what's the nature of that victory? Making peace through his blood shed on a cross in verse 20. Jesus' ministry to reconcile the world to God comes at a price, at the price of his own blood. In each of the gospel accounts we are told about the life and ministry of Jesus which shows us glimpses of who he is. But the supreme revelation of who Jesus is comes at the end of these accounts. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection is God's grand self-disclosure. This gospel, this good news, is God's glorious unveiling, which shows us the extent of our sinfulness and the extent of God's love for us that he would not leave us in our sin and come in judgment and wrath, but that he would experience the judgment and wrath that we deserve by sacrificing his only perfect sinless son in our place. And so the call goes out to all the earth to receive this gift of salvation by faith. 
confessing our sin, repenting and trusting God to accept us on Jesus' behalf. Verse 6, all over the world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has done among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. And verse 23, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. This gospel, this good news, is that Jesus is God who lifts the burden of sin and brings peace between us and God, resulting in an unshakable joy. We've looked at what we were, sinners under the wrath of God. We've looked at who God is and what he has done for us. And now we will look at what we are, at peace with God in Christ. Biblical joy is different from worldly happiness. Happiness is more of a feeling that can change from day to day. Joy is linked to appreciation and rejoicing because of what someone has done for you. Verses 11 to 14 speak of joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Why? Because he has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He has brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So the joyful thankfulness is connected to those things. Joy is a state of being. It sounds a little bit Buddhisty, but Christian joy is a state of being. It is what we have as a result of being at peace with God. Joy is peace dancing, that is, it is the expression of peace. Because we've been qualified, rescued, redeemed, justified, sanctified, forgiven, and so on, we have peace with God through Christ, a peace that permeates our very being and gives us joy in our very souls. If your joy is in the gospel of Christ knowing that your sins are washed away, then you can endure all things through Christ who strengthens you. Knowing the gospel and living the gospel will keep us from falling. That's what Paul prays in verses 9 to 14, that the Colossians would know and live the gospel. For this reason, verse 9, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, And asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience. And joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Now what this means is. That whatever life in this sinful, fallen world throws at you, you can maintain your underlying joy because you have peace with God. A peace that is unshakable. A peace that is 100% guaranteed by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. I was speaking with a dear Christian sister just the other day who told me about her struggle with cancer, at the same time as living with a husband in deep depression. 
a, a harrowing time of suffering, which I imagine at the time would not have been particularly happy. But to my surprise, she said she would do it all again. She saw the hand of God in her suffering and how God used her ordeal with cancer to bring her husband out of his depression. And her attitude reminded me of of the words of Hebrews 12. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You will have trouble in this world. You may struggle in your marriage. You may have struggles in your job or not having a job. You may struggle with physical or mental illness. You may struggle with your parents or with your children. You may struggle with your Christian brothers and sisters. And as a side note, it's good to rebuke, it's good to challenge, it's good to... expose and those sorts of things as well but at the same time it is also important to try to be a source of joy rather than pain to our Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, For many of us it's a miracle to get out of bed in the morning so sometimes we need to give each other a break. I, I need to do that as well. All of these things and more will try to sap your joy and take your focus off Christ But let them instead do the opposite. Let your suffering point you to Christ. To remember the joy set before you, your eternal salvation in him. As Christians, we should be the most joyful people in the world. And yet this is often not the case. There's a story of a a church conference in Omaha. People were given helium-filled balloons and told to release them at some point in the service when they felt like expressing the joy in their hearts. All through the service, balloons ascended, but when it was over, half of the balloons were unreleased. Let your balloon go. To conclude, we were lost in sin, condemned in darkness, under the wrath of a holy and just God. But God is a God of mercy who has rescued us from the dominion of darkness through Jesus' death and resurrection. And so now we are at peace with God and we find joy in that peace, even in the midst of suffering. As Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible joy, 
for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Joy is peace dancing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that you have rescued us. Thank you that you are the God that you are, a God of kindness and mercy. Thank you for the joy that you place in our hearts at knowing the peace that we have through Jesus. Help us, Lord, whatever we go through in our lives, to remember the gospel. And may the gospel be our sole source of joy. In Jesus' name, amen.